Alright, welcome to Movie Bros. Uh, today we watched The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, and uh, it was directed by Peter Jackson, I think it was 2001 that it came out. Sometimes early 2000. Uh, Kevin, what is your rate? I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10, okay. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of Ooh, 10. Oh, nice. Uh, honestly, really great movie. Uh, such a like really good production value throughout the entire thing. Uh, I I mean we watched the extended cut, so that's roughly like a three and a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just like a lot of stuff that happens, like a bunch of different fight scenes, a bunch of different like really cool sets that they go through. Uh, this like great like adventure story that starts off in like really small, uh, like kind of backcountry and then it goes through like uh, all these like shady towns and through like a mine and two different like elven uh, like treetop uh, homes and shit like that it's it's all over the place honestly uh, and I think that's really cool just like the kind of crazy adventure that the, they go on yeah definitely I mean it's definitely way too long for like one viewing because we watched it over two days yeah like you have to be fully committed to to watching a three hour and 45 minute movie yeah you really do um and even with the do the extended cut that we watched that's only an added half an hour so even the theatrical uh one is still quite long which i think you kind of have to um just because there's just so much that needs to be like put out there because mm-hmm. uh, I mean it's just a lot of like things that aren't like intuitive you kind of have to give a good explanation of what the ring is and how it works and why they need to get it to Mount Doom because uh, it's not like really like innate like why that has to happen um, and then they have to like figure out like oh, all these different like fantasy races and they, their relations to each other kind of and where they're going and it's it's a lot and something that you could definitely do much more easily in like an actual like book that's like i think like 400 500 pages um rather than stacking it all into a movie and i think they do it pretty well yeah they definitely do it well like it holds my attention pretty much the whole time it just definitely still felt long mm-hmm. but i mean in every movie they put in about as much plot as happened in that movie but they somehow get it in like a less than two and a half hour time frame I don't know though there was a lot of plot that happened uh, like there was like multiple different bad guys like you, you just think like even like at the start of the film they were dealing with uh, the ring wraiths and they like disappeared like I know. an hour in that's what I mean like some of those things like I understand they're trying to jam the whole book into the movie but some of them, those things are actually kind of like relevant to the total plot of the movie, mm-hmm. because the like pivotal thing is meeting everyone and then going on the mission, which happens after two hours. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is, it is really interesting to see that, like, if this wasn't based off of like an extremely famous series of books, uh, 
And if it wasn't, like, done almost beat for beat, I don't think it could get made as a film, right? Because you just introduce, yeah. like, a lot of the characters halfway through the film. They don't get really that much, like, character development. Like, Legolas and Gimli are almost non-existent in this entire thing. They kind of, just, like, serve plot and fight and stuff, but they don't really have, like, characters in this first film. Especially uh, Legolas. Like, he does fucking nothing. Gimli, like, makes stupid jokes sometimes, mm-hmm. but Legolas is just chilling there bowing people the whole movie. Yeah, and you really get more of a sense of their characters in later films that actually, like, focus on them, uh, which they don't. I think they focus too much on Aragorn. Yeah, like versus so? Legolas, like he has so much plot time. He really does. Uh, I guess again, that makes more sense in the fact that they already know where the trilogy is going, and that Aragorn plays such like a pivotal role, especially in the last book, uh, Return of the King, because that's even just the entire title is named after him because he's the king that returns. Mm. Um, so you kind of have to give him more like, stuff to do uh, and see his development over the, the course of the trilogy so that we can finally get, like, the culmination of it in the last. Which, again, is, is interesting to see how an adaptation works in that respect uh, just because you know the full character arcs of everyone uh, beforehand. And so, like, I feel like if they just made this one film and not the other ones it would feel disjointed and like not very good like this is a great introduction to the series mm-hmm. um, but I think and I think it's important to have like this entire film to like build on to the next two but it's hard to really say it's like a full complete film in its own right because uh, it even ends like on a very like sad downer note as like they split up and go their separate ways and uh, the adventure kind of continues. Yeah, like the only plot arc that's actually resolved in this is Boromir dying. Mm-hmm. Like that's, the rest is just like to be continued. And the fact that Aragorn just goes to save Pippin and Merry, like mm-hmm. it just seems very unnecessary. And I feel like there's just, in a book it's easy to introduce that many characters, but they have to pick and choose which ones they introduce. Like, you don't know essentially anything about Pippin, Merry, Legolas, and, like, you get Baxter and Gandalf, Aragorn, Frodo, essentially. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think they spend too much time on uh, the old guy who originally has the ring. Bilbo. What's his name? Yeah. Bilbo Baggins. Uh, yeah, that's that's his interesting point. It, you even, like, notice that they don't really leave the Shire until, like, about an hour in. Yeah. Um... At least not fully. I think they get to Bree at the hour mark. Um, so there is a lot of, like, build-up to that. I mean, I I think it, it's also because the books kind of spend a lot of time in the Shire right at the start. It, you you kind of would need to have a good sense of, like, the the starting point, you know? Like, the, the world they leave behind on this adventure. Uh, and I think, again, it, it's a weird, like, holdover from the books, right? Because... Even when that first book was written, uh, the only it, it's a continuation of a children's book that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote before that called The Hobbit, where the main character was Bilbo. Uh, so you 
bring in this character that you already know and like you kind of follow him and his adventures like on his life after this big adventure that you already read and you can use him and Gandalf to kind of like introduce the the newest characters and like kind of start the plot in that way um which is really interesting because they started with this one like they didn't do a Hobbit movie before so you're not invested in Bilbo as much Mm. Um, and you're not invested in like uh, like Golem that's been like following them the entire time yeah because uh, again that's like... another character from the original Hobbit book that, uh, that kind of like gets his own stuff in this one and so yeah there's there's not as much of a a real need to get invested in their story even though they focus a lot on them yeah but if you were like to cut one part I feel like I would cut or maybe three parts. I would cut some Shire. I would cut the whole, like, early Aragorn scene where they're fighting at the top of that, like, hilltop kind of monument thing. Mm, like the, the where, old watch where Frodo tower, gets yeah. stabbed. Yeah. And then, like, do they really need two fucking... To meet two elf tribes? Like, one elf tribe was definitely enough. Uh, yeah. I, I gotta see that. Uh, I, I mean, it's kind of like little like rest stops in between the yeah. adventure, you know? It's like, it's highs and low points, right? Uh, they need like the high action, but they also need like time to rest. And that's kind of like the weird elven waypoints that they find. And they get like cool new items and like new party members each time they get there. Like in the first one, uh, I think it's Rivendell. Uh, and the, like Frodo gets his, uh, like, mithril armor that saves him, and then after that he gets a little, like, bottle He didn't bottles. get that at Rivendell. He, he did. He got it from Bilbo. Yeah, at that spot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and so, like, later he gets a little bottle of, uh, like, sunlight that will help him out later. Um, you know, they get little cool little trinkets and stuff like that that they're gonna use later. And so what's up with Aragorn and his random marriage? Like, that got, like, 12 seconds. You were like, what the fuck? Yeah, that is interesting. I think they wanted to... Because Lord of the Rings has so little romance or female characters, I think they kind of wanted to expand upon that role. Um, just for some sort of general sense of, like, this is what a movie is. You know, there's always some sort of, like, romantic subplot in a film. And I think they kind of wanted to really, like, add that in a bit more. Uh, it's in the book, I'm pretty sure, as well. But um, That's the kind of thing where I feel like it made sense in the book, and they just gave it, like, two minutes of screen time, and it was just like, mm -hmm. what the fuck is going on when you're watching the movie? It is also interesting to think about what they would have extended for the extended cut. I feel like that those bits, those, like, downtime bits were extended. Because um, I doubt they would want to, like, cut any, like, the fighting money shots out of that. Um, so I think, I'm pretty sure they cut a bunch of stuff in the Shire and those two album locations. Hmm. Um, which is fair, I think. They'd probably, like, uh, quicken the pace up a lot, get to the actions a bit more. Fair. Um, yeah, what did you think about the fighting scenes, Kevin? I mean, they're obviously, like, a little bit too overpowered everyone like how they don't get fucking scratched the whole time and they murder like hundreds of orcs mm -hmm, or whatever mm -hmm. the fuck they're called yeah 
Maybe mostly orcs that we've been fighting. And then some goblins. Somehow Aragorn can fight off all of the race at once. Like they don't seem like good fucking foes if he can always fight them off easily. Yeah, I mean, like it's kind of implied that he spends a lot of time like fighting things and being out in the wilderness. He's like a tough guy that kind of like knows how to fight and fend for himself. So uh, wait, what what is his like rationale for being a king and then just being a lone ranger or whatever they call? He's him? he's the heir of the Lone Ranger. I like that. Uh, he's the heir to the throne of Gondor. His uh, ancestor was the one that was supposed to toss the ring in the fire. He did not. Mm. And he let the ring go. He brought great shame upon them. And but that was their like, line kind of just like ran away. That was like thousands of years ago. Yeah. He's kind of just... It's It's interesting to see kind of the... But how does everyone still know that he is that guy's? Like, he must have some relevance. What do you mean? Like, like, everyone knows who he is. Well, certain people know who he is. Like, Gandalf obviously knows, and the elves know, because they've spent, they've lived a long time. Like, they're, they're kind of, like, friends with him. They almost definitely knew his parents. I think his, one of his, I think his mother was an elf, maybe? He, he himself has, like, a weirdly long life, too. So he's been around for a while. Um... Mm. And so there's, like, a lot of, and, and sometimes people just, like, know, you know, you're, you're of royal blood and therefore you have some, like, weird, like, power and affinity. Um, always kind of weird when you're thinking of, like, fantasy things, this weird, like, divine right of kings kind of concept mm-hmm. of, like, you are, like, the lost heir and therefore you're just really good at things. Mm-hmm. And like generally noble because you have that royal blood in you, which is like the opposite of reality. Yeah, a little problematic when you think about it. Uh, but you know that's fantasy for you. It's uh, it kind of goes on those lines. Um, yeah, I feel like most of the troll slash orc kind of getups didn't age that well. Yeah, I think there are a lot of. I don't know though. Like they, I think they did really well with the costume design. I think the CGI doesn't age that well. Yeah, like the uh, like. There's a lot of like big, like long sweeping shots, or or like the the big cave troll is all CGI, and you can really tell with that one. Um, okay, I didn't think that was that bad. I thought like the most obvious parts to me like were when it was that elf angel person with the like shitty backlighting on her. Like, that kind of, like, CGI didn't age well. Yeah, I don't know if that's CGI. I was I was looking at that. I was wondering if that was just a spotlight that they had on it. It looks like they just, like, reduced their opacity to, like, 70%. They may have blurred her a little bit in post. I'm not 100% sure what they did with that. But uh, there's definitely some, like, visual effects going on. Um, it's interesting. I, I don't think it didn't... I don't think it aged that badly. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, not terribly. Like, I noticed him more at the start, but then mm-hmm. you kind of get used to him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think they did really try to do as much practical effect, effects work as they could, um, which I appreciate. But there was just some, like, unrealistic for-the-world things, like 
when Gandalf gets stuck on a fucking rooftop and then tells the moth to bring a dragon or whatever the fuck happens. It was was an eagle, Kevin. Okay. It's an eagle. They're the free race of eagles. They actually, like, are sentient and can talk. And the... Wait, what is... The other guy rules Isengard? Yeah. Okay. Saruman? Like, why... That guy's just the worst villain ever, just letting him get away like that. Uh, yeah, I guess that he, was he, just pure nonsense. That he didn't really, and then really he just appears it. in the Elven Village. He's like, "Sup, Frodo? Sorry, I was late to the to the bar we were supposed to meet up." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It it is really weird thinking about the wizards in uh, in these films. I think it's not overly explained the powers that they have, especially in the films. Um, it's very much like like they call it like a soft magic system where it's kind of just like magic just happens for the sake of the plot and you kind of just have to like deal with it there's a lot of like if you like get into like weird Cimmerillion stuff which is kind of like the more like detailed history of it there's a lot of like weird stuff with they're kind of also like angels and the like embodiment of good spirits in the world which is why Gandalf can like come back to life uh it's a lot of weird stuff. Oh, yeah, that's another... Like, the you shall not pass scene, mm-hmm. I feel like that didn't age well. Yeah, you like, think? Like, the CGI demon that just appears for 12 seconds before it falls off the bridge. <laughs> and then, like, you also know that he's not dead, and no one really gives that much of a fuck about his death. He gets, like, a, a minute of screen time of people mourning. No, definitely not a minute. Like, they, they get pretty sad for a long while about it. Do they? There's, like, one line from Legolas, and then Frodo walks off, and then Sam tries to make a poem that was about it. Oh, no, no, no. Like, when they get out, they're really sad. They have to, like, go... That's what I'm saying. Like, Frodo walks off. Go see off. Galadriel, and then after one that, tier. they're also mourning. You know, there, there's some stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they lost a wizard. It's very sad. And, I mean, like... You don't know that he isn't dead until, oh, I think it's the third movie and third book, um, when he comes back. And so, like, people that, like, didn't know at that time, you know, they would, they would also think that he just died there. But, I mean, even if you didn't know, I feel like it would be assumed, because they kind of leave it open-ended how he falls down, you know, show him actually die and they give him way too much character development yeah. for there, him to die. There is the classic um, thing in films if you don't see the body then they're not really dead. Yeah. Like you see Boromir die you know he's not going back. Yeah. Unless he was just wearing white fake makeup yeah. and he actually had mithril armor on. Oh well. Why doesn't he, everyone wear fucking mithril armor? Because it's very expensive <laughs> and very hard to make Kevin. But all these kings cannot purchase it. No. No, you can't. Makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's an old art, very hard to make. I think they they even mention it in the extended cut. I think where they're like, "Oh, I never told Bilbo, but that mithril armor he had would cost more than the entire Shire itself." Hmm. Yeah, but the Shire is fucking trash heap. It's not trash. It's like a bunch of. It's an huts idyllic English countryside that are buried underground. That knows not the strife of the world. And then, oh yeah, so when he's talking to the weird angel lady, mm-hmm. who 
just all of a sudden like turns into a scary witch. Yes. And then looks into the water of things that may or may not exist or whatever the fuck they say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he sees the Shire burning and then it's assumed that that will happen in the future or that just happened when he left? Uh, no, that will happen in the future. She mentions like you saw what I saw, uh, the consequences of if you should fail. Uh, so d- she's basically saying like, so don't fuck up. Yeah. Uh, which, spoiler alert for the for this movie and this book that's like getting close to a century old uh even when they win the shire gets like burned down oh no yeah it's uh, it's a thing that happens afterwards like Soromon comes back and they like take over the the shire for a little bit even after the ring's destroyed not the shire yeah and also i don't think mary and pippin are funny whatsoever they have some fun stuff uh it is interesting to see, like, the, the weird comic relief. They're all, bits. like, fucking the cheesiest, worst jokes ever. Except for Gimli taking three hairs from that woman. That was just so fucking weird. <laughs> you need a lock of hair from the maiden, Kevin. That's another weird fantasy thing. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see the comedy. And I think Mary and Pippin get a lot more serious as the films progress and they have to do, like, more and more dangerous stuff. Um, and the comedy kind of, like, moves over to Legolas and Gimli, weirdly enough, and their they're weird bromance. Hmm. I feel like that's just to give Legolas something to do. Even though I feel like Legolas is my favorite character. Yeah. They just don't give him... Like, if everything... Aragorn did was done by Legolas I would like the movie a lot better yeah you you'll you you do notice in the later ones like they don't really have that much of personal arcs other than them trusting each other like that's kind of all that they do Mm -hmm. is like they just like learn to not hate the other person because of their race it's kind of like an anti-racism thing to so learn to work together. An all-white cast. Yes. Yes, despite the heavy lack of racial diversity. There wasn't a single non-white person in that movie. No, I don't think so. I'm sure some of the orc actors were people of color. Maybe. If that's any better. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely counts. They definitely needed a lot of extras, but it's, they also film it in New Zealand, so even then, probably not. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a weird holdover from, like, one, that time period in film, but also just the the time of writing, like, 50s, mid-50s England. Mm-hmm. Um, not really that interested in cultural diversity at that point. Um, and a lot of heavily, heavy influences, inferences to World War Two as well. It's like, yeah. a lot of people pointed out, but the... the it is there is a lot of like I know Token never really like likes the idea of allegory but there's a lot of like metaphors to uh, like a great war that is brewing you know the good races of men elves and dwarves don't want to really like and he wrote put this their participate they're kind of like broken um, he served in World War Two World War Two against Hitler. And okay. so, like, there's a lot of references of, like, growing evil power in the hearts of men and its corrupting influence. So he wrote this in the um, 50s? Yes. 
And is he British? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he was friends with the guy who wrote um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Hmm. Um, and so they, yeah, there's a lot of, like, kind of reference to that. Um, the Shire is kind of like English countryside of, like, oh, we don't have to worry about that. That's kind of just, like, not going to come to our shores, right? But it does, eventually. Mm. And so it's about, like, people, like, stepping up and doing their part and well, they fighting wrong. against evil. If Frodo didn't get involved, they never would have got the Shire burnt down. They're like, if we don't affect the well, no, cause exterior, they won't affect the interior or whatever. Because even before that, Gollum already had sold them out and told them that the ring was in the Shire. Yeah, but if the ring wasn't in the Shire. I guess Bilbo could have taken it somewhere. But then Bilbo himself would have been corrupted. He probably would have been Gollum knew that Bilbo had the sh- fucking ring for 60 years. Why did he murder him? I think... It's a good question. I think he... Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember the answer to this question. That's that's some deep lore stuff. Of, I think they've been torturing him for a while. And, like, maybe he couldn't find him in the Shire. Hmm. There's a lot of plot conveniences, so I will say that. One of my favorite CGI's was evil Bilbo teeth. Oh that yeah, that was actually a good CGI. That, that, that one always scared me. Yeah, uh, that one came out of nowhere. When I first saw it, like because you weren't expecting it whatsoever. Yeah, because it's such like a low like downtime kind of bit. Like you're not like expecting anything scary to happen, mm-hmm. and he just like lunges for it with like the crazy teeth. Yeah. Oh no, it's but great. Bad CGI is crazy angel woman being a witch that was terrible cgi that's a weird filter that they put on her i mean especially when she turns into a witch and she's green yeah that was bad that's what i'm saying that one and then uh i don't know how i feel about like i think the sound mixing is a little weird there because you hardly hear what she says too it's a little too reverby Hmm. Um, and then gandalf's some of gandalf's magic is a little suspect what, like the, the like fireworks and stuff? No, that was good. Um, I'm talking more about the... Uh, when Boromir is trying to get the ring at the council meeting. Oh, that's not even CGI. I'm pretty sure they just, like, lowered the, the stage lighting. Hmm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Top-ranked characters to worst. I actually really like Boromir. Oh, Boromir is he really, really well. good. Yeah, I think... Because he's the only one that has a real arc in the entire yeah. thing. Uh, he's the only one that actually gets to act. I think he went um, bad too early, though. Like, they shouldn't have made him fucking lunge for the ring within three seconds of meeting him. Like, because it's kind of implied that he's going to do something the whole time because he tries to get the ring, like, four times. Yeah, he was definitely the most easily swayed, but you kind of, like, understand his predicament. You know, he's the son of, like, the head of a civilization that's, like, on the brink of Mordor. Like, they've been just, like, beaten and, uh, and battered by, like, things coming out of it for a long time. They're, like, hopeless. He sees this as, like, a chance to, like... Um, get this power for themselves he, he doesn't even really know what that power is because i mean the ring just kind of convinces you that you need it uh so he was just easily already hopeless and he needed that and he kind of redeems himself in the end to try and like save 
the the hobbits. You know, he, he finds his honor again. But uh, he he was really good. Like the actor Sean Bean, a really good actor. I think he he's done really well in a lot of things. Um, I guess most recently his big role was was Game of Thrones, uh, the first season. Hmm. Um, so what are the important locations? There's the Shire, and then there's four tribes. There's, or I guess there's Shire, the elves, and then there's four like cities: Isengard, uh, Mordor, uh, Evan, or shit, I forget. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's, Rohan. Rohan is one. Uh, Rohan is like a country. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, it's like a, a large like plain mm-hmm. kind of near Isengard where the, like all the the people kind of ride horses. They're very good at horseback. Okay. Um, like Gondor is another like region. Um, they have like a bunch of different capitals uh, that I won't go into. Like the Shire is another region, kind of a lot more like north and to the east, kind of far away from Rohan and Gondor. Uh, we have. Uh, the Misty Mountains, which are which they kind of like trekked across, uh, which is kind of northwest. So they kind of like went across um, from the Shire through like a bunch of like kind of badlands, like where Bree is, uh, kind of like the outer wilderness, over to Rivendell, uh, which is kind of in the northwest. Uh, near the Misty Mountains. They went through the Misty Mountains, but couldn't, like, get through the pass. They went through the mines, ended up in Mirkwood, I'm pretty sure. And then, wait, wait. And then they went down. So where is Gimli from? Uh, Gimli is from... That's a good question. I think he's actually from some mountains even, like, more north than that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the dwarves kind of, like, live in, like, the kind of mountainous regions in the north. And is Legolas from Rivendell? Uh, he's from Mirkwood, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Kind of, like, more northern, though. Mm. It's it's weird. It's it's kind of hard to really, like, picture the geography in my head. Um, one of the cool things about, like, this kind of genre is they have maps. You kind of just yeah. kind of learn about where everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just, like, maps in the book. Oh yeah, or yeah. There's, the there's the maps in all the books. Um, kind of give you a good sense of where everything is, and uh, you really see like their journey kind of takes them like from one end to the other, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Well, it was definitely a good movie. Do you have any uh, any final thoughts there? Oh, you got some maps. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maps. Well, I obviously have all the books. But yeah, the back of the book has a bunch of different maps. That's not yeah. neither here nor there for our review, though. Um, but yeah, honestly, really good book. Uh, book, really good movie. Okay, wait, wait, what's best scene? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going to say... Uh, I just really like them fighting through Moria. I think it's just really fun, like set piece of just like a really like dead mine that they've like dug up stuff that like they really shouldn't have they went too deep you know there's like mm-hmm. some good metaphors there but also like a really creepy spot yeah and uh some fun fight scenes hmm interesting mm-hmm. what's your favorite scene 
it's not really a scene, but I, I like the initial vibe of the elves. Like, when you go to the first elves, the second fucking elf visit was completely unnecessary, and I was over elves. <laughs> but I just liked, I don't know, like, maybe it was the music, or maybe it was just, like, the whole, the whole scene there definitely got my attention, because it was a different, like speed than rest of the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's a real different vibe than yeah. uh, what you start out with. Um, kind of a bit more like refined and like more like interesting architecture and um, yeah, elves are cool. They're they're a cool part of the entire thing. Yeah, and then I'd say an honorable mention to the, I like the uh, Bilbo Baggins party scene. Oh yeah, that's great. Like uh, yeah, it, it is really fun seeing the Shire. Like I feel like there's there's a lot of good bits, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of feel sad that you're leaving it a little bit. Yeah, uh, you kind of fe- understand like why they wouldn't want to leave this like fun, idyllic place to go on this crazy adventure. Yeah, uh, and I think that's why they really like try to put as much time there as possible to kind of really show what they're giving up. Yeah, and what they want to get back to. But yeah, I kind of like the more like talkative personal scenes and then I think the action scenes almost kind of go on too long even sometimes that's yeah. what the whole movie's kind of about but mm-hmm. alright I think that's pretty much it uh, we'll see you guys next time